I really love being a part of a team. Not a solo thing, but a team. Together, we are making that boat move. The idea that we can listen to a drum and we don't have to use our limited vision, that's just thrilling in itself to me. And that there is something in existence that we have a coach who volunteered to coach us. I'm just lucky to be a part of a whole team. That was 73-year-old Ginny Finch speaking about being a member of the Out of Sight Dragons. Hear more about Ginny's experiences on the team, how she uses the Washington, D.C. subway system to move around the city, and her numerous other activities. This is Episode 5 of the Out of Sight Dragons podcast. Welcome to the Out of Sight Dragons podcast. We're here with Ginny Finch for episode five. How are you doing, Ginny? Pretty good. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, sure. Thank you for being on the show. The first question I'd like to start with is, how did you become involved with the Out of Sight Dragons? Oral Miller mentioned it to me four years ago. I had been skiing, cross-country skiing, off and on with Ski for Light. I had to go too far for snow. And then I was also crewing on the Potomac in the summer on Wednesdays. And it was getting harder and harder to follow the backs of the rowers in front of me. And uh, the combination of those two things and just made me realize it'd be good to find something that I could do longer that wasn't seasonal or primarily seasonal. And, and also something that didn't require vision. And Oral mentioned dragon boating and I didn't know what what in the world that was. I came to it just cold. There were some carryovers from crew, but really not much. And I loved it right away and still love it. I certainly can do it longer than the skiing from March, April through September. From what you said, you had prior experience doing a sport on the water. On the water, but not paddling. I think I paddled a canoe off and on, but I was doing the rowing and sculling. So prior to dragon boating, you were involved with rowing and you had also previously done cross-country skiing. Had you done any other sports? I don't know if you consider contra dancing a sport. I've been doing that for 30-some years. What kind of dancing? It's called contra dancing. Can you describe what that is? Sure. It's one line facing the other, as in contra, nothing political. And the music is kind of like Celtic, very fast, upbeat. And you have a partner, but you dance with everybody up and down the line. There is a caller, but by the time you get halfway through the dance, you've memorized the pattern. One thing I like about it is like dragon boating, it's very community focused because together you, maybe the, the three or four lines of you across the hall, you together you are creating this pattern. Also, there's a lot of partner contact, unlike, oh, say, swing or some other dances. And that helps me, as well as writing Blind Dancer on my t-shirt. That gives others information and enables me to virtually just stick my hand out there. Where do you do the uh, contra dancing? 
Well, I either do it locally when it's not so hot at Glen Echo, the Spanish ballroom at Glen Echo, which is not air-conditioned or heated for that matter. But I also love to go out of town to dance camps. I went to two back-to-back dance camps in March. One was in Charlotte and one was Cincinnati. I love to do that when I can. Have you had vision challenges all your life? Oh, yes. I remember when I was little. Remember when they had, they, they maybe still have these trash cans in the kitchen with these pedals. You step on them and it opens the lid. Sure. Well, I had myopia and I was always tripping over those trash cans. As a kid? Yes, as a very little kid. And then when I was about 12, I had surgery for this wandering eye where one eye goes one direction, but had surgery in San Francisco for that. And then slowly, I had developed cataracts. So when I was 19 years old, I had cataracts removed. And then I could see better for a while. And it wasn't until I was about 30 that I had this retinal disorder that I have diagnosed by NIH or the National Eye Institute and Johns Hopkins. It's called gyrate atrophy, and it's very rare. It's a genetic thing. It's it's an enzyme that does not break down a certain amino acid called ornithine, which comes from arginine, and it ends up in the eye, but nobody knows why. It starts to destroy the retina from the outside in. So right now, I have more central vision than, well, than peripheral, but it's really, really for all intents and purposes, I see just light. The easiest thing for me to see is the computer screen because I can see sharp contrast, at least a little bit. And so I have a black screen with yellow font and I magnify it 12 times and I also use a speech function increasingly. It's called Zoom Text. Probably there are others on the boat who use that as well. I met you at the Capital Regatta race back in August and we rode the oh. Metro home together. Oh, yeah, right. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Actually, speaking to you on the Metro that day as we rode back to our stop made me think that perhaps doing a podcast of the Out of Sight Dragons members would be a good idea because I remember having oh. such a good time speaking to you and also Oral at the race and Richard and Carlos is my friend, so I already knew him. Uh-huh. But it was especially right back on the metro with you that made me think oh man this would be great for a podcast i didn't know that thank you for oh, telling you're me welcome. that as i mentioned we rode the metro home together and i know that you took the metro to the race that day right can you talk about how you get around the city the main reason I moved here, actually, from Charlotte, North Carolina, was the metro. I wanted to live in a city where I could get around by myself, at least most of the time. What year I, did you move to D.C.? I moved here in 1980, and I had lived here in high school. I went to Wakefield High School in Arlington, 9th, 10th, and 11th grade. And also, my ex-husband and I had joint custody of our then five-year-old, six-year-old. The son? Yes. How old is he now? Oh, he's 44. What does he think about your activities, particularly ones on the water like the out-of-sight dragons? He'll wish me well. He won't say be careful, which I'm glad he doesn't. He appreciates my trying to stay fit 
which is really important to me to do. So it was a logical place to move to, but we I first rented a house and got housemates, and that was Nebraska Avenue where there is a bus, but there's no metro. And after some years, I decided the bus was just not enough for me. I wanted the subway, which of course I had originally wanted anyway. That's why I'm here now since 96. One of the smartest things I've ever done because I could walk from here, from the apartment in less than five minutes to the top of Venice Metro, and I can go most places on the Metro. Dragon boating, I was nervous about walking from Waterfront Metro to the harbor because the streets are not grid, they wind. I don't find that particularly easy. Also, some of the crossing points. How do you do walk from a metro stop the first time you've been to a location? You haven't had experience to get yourself oriented. How do you, how are you able to orient yourself your first time at Waterfront Station, say, when you're going to the first Dragon Boat practice? As it turns out, there have been volunteers meeting me and others there. I don't remember the very first time. I'm sure I didn't walk by myself, but I use a white cane all the time, which is like an extension of my arm. I did feel pretty comfortable with one way where you walk by arena stage, the side of arena stage. I feel comfortable doing that on my own, but crossing there over to the harbor, there's no light, and that I do not feel comfortable doing on my own. I figured, well, you know, I use the cane all the time elsewhere. I don't have to pressure myself to do this entirely on my own if there's someone with whom I can walk. Now, there is a guy in the boat, as a matter of fact, SK. He lives in my building. He lives on the sixth floor. So a lot of times we walk together and the others walk with him as well. He's fully sighted, but I feel very comfortable going from here to Gallery Place, changing, and then getting off at Waterfront. That part I feel very comfortable with. For routes that you go on a regular basis, like say from your apartment in the building to your local metro station, do you have steps counted out? I am learning all the time with my low vision, even though I've had it so long, and now increasingly I have less vision, albeit stable. I've memorized that from uh, when I come back from the metro from the fountain to where I go up a circular stairway it's 40 steps Uh, no sorry 20 steps and that from when I'm coming the other direction from the front of my building to where I turn in to go towards the circular stairs that's where it's 40 steps memorizing that really has helped me a lot Coming back to the dragon boat activity, how do you find it getting into and out of the boat? I don't find that always easy. It's almost easier getting out than it is getting in, but I do now see some techniques that are useful. I would love to be able to just stand up, but then I heard from somebody that if it was the old dock where I wanted to just stand up, that it would be like standing up on my dining room table. It was that high, so I realized that my expectation was a bit high there. Where do you sit in the boat? Oh, it depends. I've sat in in the front, either left or right, a number of times. I sat in seat two. Last time I sat in the very back. How do you find the paddling? I know when you guys are racing especially, but also in practice, you'll paddle hard for three minutes or more. I really like that. Sometimes it's exhausting if you have a whole stretch. I remember there's a routine, I think it's called 4-2-1. You are tired at the end, but it's good tired. It's not like muscle tired. I have discovered that I have to keep my stamina up during the week in order to have 
enough stamina for dragon boating. What do you do during the week? Oh, I have a gym in the building. I have a personal trainer I see twice a month. I suppose the dancing, although I haven't been doing it since March, but that's probably some aerobic fitness. But the the combination of the gym and the Mm -hmm. the trainer. Do you Um, mind if I ask you how old you are? Oh, sure. 73. And I was thinking about out of sight in a couple things that I really like about it and and that's when I find encouragement in the boat as opposed to criticism that's really empowering I also find it helpful if the boat is quiet sometimes it has been a a humbling experience for me I remember one day after oh I think it must have been a couple years into this the person in front of me I kept encouraging her to sit further on the edge of her seat because every time I would come up to drive the paddle my inside hand would touch her shoulder. Smug old me was convinced that she just wasn't sitting far forward. Well, our steerer, Yana, showed me on that same day, here's what you do to get where you want to be to drive the paddle. Get your inside hand to come over so it stacks. And I'd heard our coach use that word stacked before. So now I realize, oh, so it's the inside arm that's stacked over the outside arm that's at the bottom of the the shaft. And that's going to keep my hand from touching Stroke's shoulder. I am so grateful. That's been a couple years now. There's Um, a lot of technique involved with the paddling, and it takes a while to learn it. Yes. One carryover from rowing, maybe the only carryover, was learning to drop the oar in the water and not to push it into the water. And of course, with the paddle, the same thing. We're dropping it in, and then we're pushing through the water. I found that really hard to learn because it seems counterintuitive. But of course, if you're pushing it before it goes in the water, you're pushing the air. I still need to remind myself about that. Really, every time I have to remind myself, drop it in, bush, drop it in. And then I suppose the second hardest thing is rotating big. What does that mean, rotating big? You would rotate so your body is facing your paddle mate. Your head is facing forward, but you're twisting so that your body is facing that direction. So I find that a continual challenge. I know from our trip on the metro when we were chatting back in August, you talked a lot about some of your other interests. You already mentioned one of those being the contra dancing that you do, but I know that you have other things that you're involved with. Can you just speak to some of that? Well, I tell you, I just started some classes last week. They are poetry, Booker Prize novels, three of them, and a course in Great American Trials. They're all at OLLI, which stands for Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. I think they've shortened it to Osher Institute. The classes are held in a very accessible building. It's the old AU Law School on Massachusetts. There's no metro there. So, so far, since I just had a hip replacement about three and a half weeks ago, I've been using volunteers from the Northwest Neighbors Village to take me there and pick me up. So you've spoken to this a little bit, but can you expand a little bit more on what it means to you to be a member of the Out of Sight Dragons team? Well, for one, I really love being a part of a team. Not a solo thing, but a team where we are, like contra dancing, I suppose, together we are making that boat move. The idea that we can listen to a drum and we don't have to use our limited vision, that's just thrilling in itself to me. And that there is something in existence that we have a coach who volunteered to coach us. 
Coach Winky and Steer Yana, who is often there. And, and Maybell, uh, the founder. Who and Maybell, yes, who drummed, exactly, who has been real instrumental with fundraisers. I'm just lucky to be a part of a whole team. One thing that I cherish, and that is people who are committed to come on a regular basis. I know there are always things that come up, there are vacation meetings, but it's really great when there is a core of folks who can come almost every time. Some come from quite a long distance, way out in almost Gaithersburg and way out at the end of a line in Virginia. I appreciate the willingness to come. I look forward to uh, continuing with Out of Sight and to continuing to play a role and help where I can. Well, thanks for doing this, Ginny. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.